the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Well, 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 welcome back to this week's edition of Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, live in studio, John Anthony. I'm really, 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 really excited about this guest co-host I have this week. If you've been um, t- tuned into the show... Um, the last three weeks, you know, I had uh, the Bishop of Truth in here. We did a, a, a very extensive uh, three-week show about black in America. Uh, Bishop of Truth was, was amazing. And I called my buddy. I said, I saw that he was, uh, I got word that uh, he had a book he was getting ready to release. And I sent him a Facebook post and he says, wait, how did you know I was going to have a book <laughs> released? I said, oh, my ears to the ground. I hear everything. Roger Eddy, welcome into Black and Right. On AM five sixty, the answer. How are you, Representative? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thank you. I appreciate it, uh, and I certainly appreciate the opportunity to talk about the book. It yes. was uh, it was fun to write. It was uh, kind of a kind of a compilation of notes I've kept for years uh, related to my time in the General Assembly, and it really kind of centers around the trial of uh, former Governor Blagojevich and the impeachment. So, yeah. and, and you know what, what's so great about having you in studio today is I, I got the perspective from a Democrat about the impeachment process when uh, former Representative Ken Duncan came in to, to give his perspective about the impeachment. It's going to be really great for those listening to hear your perspective about uh, the impeachment process. And you brought a friend, you brought a guest. You want, you want to introduce who your guest is? Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, Jack Morris, a longtime friend. In fact, Jack, uh, uh, probably uh, in this uh, state, is as some of the... Uh, most knowledge of the history, especially the Republican Party. Uh, he goes back to uh, uh, the Thompson days and uh, uh, knows those folks that uh, worked on Illinois back in those days all the way up to now. And, and in fact, was one of the guys uh, that, that uh, came uh, to me and uh, asked me originally to run. So wow. Jack uh, is a tremendous wealth of knowledge and has been a supporter for a long time. Well, Jack, welcome to the show. You want, Anything you want to say? Uh, I'll let Roger talk for me. <laughs> That's the smart man, smart man, right there. So, Roger, I mean, what? How, how did you first? First of all, you were in te- you were in school. You were a teacher. You've been in, in education for thirty eight years, correct? Before I retired. Before you retired. What made you run for political office? Was was it something that happened in Springfield? Was it something that was going on in the, in the day at that time that said Springfield needs some leadership down there? Well, there really wasn't any uh, event that uh, happened except for some folks from our community showed up at my office. I was a school superintendent in southeastern Illinois, and some folks uh, showed up at my office, uh, I thought, to talk about school consolidation because that was always the big topic in our county. Uh, And at the time, I was working on a consolidation effort between two 
of the four county school districts. And I thought those folks would like to have seen it be all four county schools. They were going to come talk to me, see if it could be expanded. But they were actually there because there was a new map, uh, and that new map did not have an incumbent representative. And uh, they thought that I would be a a good candidate to run for state representative at that time. (laughs) It kind of floored me. So that's how it started. Uh, Another meeting took place where uh, Jack Morris actually was one of the folks uh, that – sent them, thought I would be a good candidate. I didn't know Jack at the time, but the two people he sent uh, or they sent knew me. Right. So it, it worked out. Uh, it really was something that at first I said, nah, that, that's probably not something I'm interested in. But yeah. as time wore on, uh, more thinking about it and more discussions, uh, you know, I, I decided that it, it probably was something I could uh, maybe provide some leadership related especially to education yeah. issues uh, at the state level. I, I remember when I first came down to Springfield, you sought me out. You said, wait a minute, Newark, which is where you're born. You were born in Newark, Illinois. Right? Well, I was born in Ottawa. Ottawa. At the old, oh, right. Well, and, and I'm going to date myself here, the <laughs> Ryburn King Memorial Hospital. Uh-oh. And uh, then spent my, uh, well, the next 18 years in Newark, Illinois. That's yeah. exactly right. Well, um, so, so when, you, when you, you sought me out, you said, wait a minute. You're representing Newark? <laughs> That's right. I, I remember that. I remember that. And, 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 and we've, we've, we've really developed a, a very close friendship, and I, I really appreciate all the advice and all of the, you know, just the comfort when I, when I was in Springfield, um, when I just, a new kid on the block, really not knowing or understanding. I mean, I just, I, I, I never told you this, but I wanted to thank you publicly uh, for, for just helping guiding me through that, that, especially that first six months. Well, I appreciate that. You know, someone did it for me. Uh, when I went to the General Assembly, uh, until I figured out where the bathrooms were, uh, you know, somebody had to show me all those things. And, and quite honestly, uh, you pay it forward yes. there. And, and uh, I, I tried very hard uh, to provide uh, new representatives uh, with someone they could go talk mm-hmm. to if, uh, mm-hmm. if they had an issue uh, related to the rules, yes. for example, yes. <laughs> or, or anything. You know, Whew. give me a holler. I, I'm happy to be there to support and, and, and try to help. So uh, you're, you're very welcome. So when I, when I first got there, um, I never knew that the restrooms were in the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of things uh, that uh, you have to learn, yeah. like what a perfunctory session is. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the the big joke is when people uh, are told that that's probably the most important session. You got to make sure you're there. And uh, of course, a perfunctory session is no one is there except yes. the clerk reading bills yes. into the record. And uh, to get somebody to show up for a perfunctory session. Was was kind of one of the big jokes there, and, and uh, didn't happen very often. They tried to get it. They, I, it, it somebody tried on the Democrat side. Actually, tried to get me to do that, but I didn't go. Yeah, because I you. think I was a little bit more I, I, perfunctory. Perfunctory. Yeah, I, well, I get what that means, you know. You're a little more savvy. Uh, but over the years, uh, my understanding is there have been a few. Yeah, uh, that showed up for a perfunctory session. I don't know who exactly, and quite frankly, if I did know, I wouldn't say. What, what was your first bill? Um, that 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 because. They stopped the, you know, yeah. coming after you on your first bill. What was your first? Do you re- recall well, what your I first remember, bill was? Yeah, I remember. My first bill had to do, it was really, it was uh, uh, tremendously important, as you can imagine. The bill had to do with a signature on a state aid transportation form for school districts. And at the time, the school board president had to sign it. Oh. And my bill was to allow for the board to adopt a policy which would allow the superintendent 
to sign that so the school board president wouldn't have to be sought out for their signature and it could be you know it could be uh transferred that was it and <laughs> and i got to tell you in those days uh when you got up to do your first bill uh, bill black yeah oh. uh, representative bill black Woo. was the guy along with lou lang yeah. leader lang who would welcome you yeah. uh so to speak <laughs> to the world of uh, presenting a bill and you know that continued for a number of years yeah. and it was all good hearted uh I, I actually became very involved in that as I moved along in my career. And as uh, toward the end of my career, when I, when I did some of the floor leader work, I was the guy that uh, took Bill's place to make sure the person felt welcome. Is that part of the book? Is that part of the uh, front row seat? The you know, I, I talk about a little bit of those things in there. Not, I don't dwell on that uh, aspect. But uh, one of the things that I, I began to do was to ask representatives who got up uh, to present their f- first bill where their red jacket was. Oh, gosh. Uh, and the red jacket tradition kind of got started. And uh, others would stand up and say, look, uh, you have to have a red jacket on. And so so they would seek out and they'd find – because people would say, we're not going to vote for your bill unless you have a red jacket on, yeah. basically. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was fun, uh, lighthearted. And I do talk a little bit about it because the only mistakes people make on first bills is to not realize that you don't want to bring a really hot topic Ooh. for your first yes. bill. Uh, yes. Because, uh, you know, everybody wants to support you and they want to make you feel welcome. Mm-hmm. But if you bring a controversial bill, I've seen bills go down. <laughs> Uh, for those folks. And as you know, yeah. the, the trick is everybody votes no to begin with. Right. And there's 100 right. yeah. no votes. Yeah. And then slowly they turn green. Yeah. Well, when you do a controversial bill on your first bill, <laughs> a lot of those lights stay red. Stay red. Yeah, that's so, right. So Congressman Mark, my boss, was my seatmate. And he told me, you have 30 seconds. Because when, when I first came onto the floor, you know, you get your first, uh, you introduce yourself. He said, you have 30 seconds. You have to go as fast as you can. And you only have 30 seconds to speak. So I'm up there, like, reading my papers, like, at, at warp speed. People are looking at me like this. And, and, then, and then to add injury to I mean, I, I, I then said Illinois. Yes. I never yes. say yes. Illinois. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, when, when you think about uh, the responsibility and you think about being elected, first of all, it's a, it's a tremendous uh, – responsibility and it's humbling yes. to, to know folks actually sent you to Springfield to, to represent it them. Is. And when you stand up to do that and, and you know that you're standing uh, in the same place mm. uh, that tremendous leaders, yes. it, it, it kind of takes over anyway. It does. You get a little bit, you, you just get a little bit nervous. Yeah. So guys, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Roger Eddy, Eddy, uh, author of the book, A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rod Blagojevich. That's our first segment. We're, we're pretty much done with our first segment. Um, we're gonna get we're gonna delve more into this book in the second hour. I just wanted to, you guys to get up just a feel for who Roger um, was in that first segment. Uh, coming up next, we have Rob Plaskis. He also has a book. Uh, his his journey back from the surgery he had to endure, and it's gonna be a good topic. You listen to the Black and Right. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joined in studio live by Roger Eddy, author of A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rod Blagojevich. Go anywhere where books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, 
And, you know, Roger just might give you a signed copy like he gave me one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've handed out uh, a lot of those, yeah. uh, uh, John, and I'm happy to do it, actually, if people get a hold of me on Facebook, uh, my author's page. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm happy to do that. What's that author's page? Well, it's just uh, off my Facebook page. If you just type in the search box, uh, Roger Eddy, okay. uh, you can go to the author's page. And uh, like I said, I'm happy to do that. I've done a lot of them so far. Uh, and, and would be happy to respond to folks. Yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm just so glad you're, you're here because a lot of the institutional knowledge that a lot of people don't share really um, from from their time serving. Um, I just wish more people would share it because I think the public really really doesn't understand what really happens, how the sausages. As, as I was always told, how the sausages made. Uh, well, that's one of the comments about the book that I hear very often. I, I walk uh, folks through. Uh, how a bill is introduced yeah. uh, from the drafting stage all the way through third reading. Uh, I, I even uh, delve into what we know are shell bills and how those uh, kind of jump out of nowhere with very little time before you have to vote on them. So, yeah, I, I, I think people uh, will be uh, educated. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, and, and that's what a lot of people don't understand either. So a bill is introduced, poison is put into the bill, and it fails, and then you get to – you know, the people back home think you voted against an interest that belongs to them. And you have to explain, no, th- that bill wasn't what it said. It was a lot of poison in that bill that had nothing to do with the bill. Am I right? Is, what are your thoughts Well, there's about no that? question. Uh, look, uh, I, I tried to operate under the basic premise, don't let the, the perfect become the enemy of the good. Yes. But uh, if, if the bill had a poison pill in it, no matter how good it was, it was poison. Yes. And... People just hear about the summary of the bill, not knowing the poison, Correct. and they think you voted against something that w- was different than what yeah. you really voted against. So you've you got to be back in your district. You've got to talk to people. You, you always have to be. You know, Jack uh, uh, talked me into very early writing a weekly newspaper column. Mm. Uh, so every week I would write a newspaper column that was in about 15 or 20 newspapers, and I would explain my votes, yeah. and I would expose some of the poison. See, I, I went to radio. I, was, I, was, I, would, I would have a, a monthly radio show so you know and speaking of springfield our our next guest rob plaskis uh he wrote the book my fight for recovery a a story of overcoming life-threatening brain surgery um he's a um current i believe illinois house republican analyst and i do believe i remember i recall having some good conversations with him when i was down in springfield um rob welcome to black and white how are you Good. Thanks for uh, having me on. Well, I told you what way back when, when you first um, went to, I think it was LinkedIn, talking about you were writing that book. And I said, hey, I would love to have you on. And you said, hey, let's, let's make it happen. So here we are today. I know. So let's go. First question, what happened in your brain surgery injury? What, 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 what caused it? What was, and how, how long was this um, something that happened to you? How far back? Well, I had a uh, benign tumor. Uh, removed in my uh, my brain uh, when they were on the last piece of the tumor they ruptured a blood vessel I uh, bled one and a half liters of blood they got metal clamps on my injured vessel and in the right position to save my life they put me in into induced coma in a week I fully woke up to discover I cannot move my right side of my body. Wow. Unable to to talk, understand people, severe damage to my uh, 
short-term memory and more functions. I was, uh, it happened when I was 17. 17? Wow. What was your, what was your recovery like after the surgery? Um, my recovery was hard on me physical, uh, mentally and emotionally, but I had excellent, uh, therapists to help me deal with my injury for a couple, a couple of uh, years. When I was released from my uh, rehabilitation hospital in a few months, I was able to walk with a limp, raise my arm up, talk in small sentences, and comprehend more. As years went by, I was still recovering and making progress little by little. Yeah. Uh, Over... Over a, oh, over a decade after my injury, you cannot even tell I, I can uh, even tell I cannot move my uh, right side of my body and unable to speak. Wow! You said you said you have memory loss. How how do you remember things? I uh, remember things like putting uh, sticky notes by my uh, computer where my uh, keys are in my office and in my uh, car. Yeah. Wow. I know, I know you, we, we talked and one of the things that you wanted me to, to make sure that I, one of the questions you really wanted me to talk about was, um, since your, dep- since your severe injury, I know you, you, you have been depressed once in a while. How do you get out of depression? What do you do? I, uh, one example would be when I was getting my associate's degree, I had a tough time asking questions in a conversation with other uh, students, with, which made me depressed. When I went to uh, uh, ISU, uh, Illinois State University, I had a speech pathology student to help me with my language and learning skills. It succeeded, and less than a year, I made a lot of friends had more questions to ask, improve my school work, and more confidence. Yeah, I mean, I, it's such a, it's such a, a a a motivating story, a heartwarming story uh, about your recovery. I mean, you've been able to walk again, talk again, learn more. You've got a bachelor's degree, master's degree, uh, a great legislative job, and you own your nice house. Uh, what 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 story do you want to tell to those people who may have uh, or who have been diagnosed with what you've been diagnosed with, what's, what's the story you want to tell them? Well, one example, one story is I looked up to my dad because he had a tough time growing up, but he did not quit in getting his bachelor's, master's degree. So I told myself, I am not going to quit on my recovery. I cried hard as I could at my physical, mental, and emotional therapies to prove to my non-believers I would succeed in my life. Yeah, that's amazing, Rob. And and where can where can people find the book? Where can they go and purchase the book? Um, uh, you can uh, uh, get my book on eBay, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, 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 bookstores. And uh, myself. Yeah, and the name of the book is My Fight for Recovery, a story of overcoming life-threatening brain surgery. I know you also talked about and you wanted to make sure 
uh, do you, uh, you wanted me to ask this question. Uh, are you a believer? Do you believe in God? Yes. Uh, yes, I do. I, how did that get you through? I have a faith in God, which gave me faith in myself. I also volunteer on a weekly basis at my uh, church. Wow, thank you. Guys, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Rob Plaskis. He's the author of My Fight for Recovery, a story of overcoming life-threatening brain surgery. Rob, thanks so much for joining Black and Right. And uh, go out and get his book at wherever books are sold, Amazon, eBay. Uh, thanks so much for joining and, and uh, continue to, uh, to, to continue to fight and continue to uh, just you know, motivate and, and, and so many people like you do. So many people are so um, proud of you, and I'm personally proud of you, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about you know, what you've had to endure to get to be and do what you've done today. So thank you so much, Rob. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Wow. I, I, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing to have to, to go through all of that and still come back and want to fight and want to continue to contribute and give back to society and to the world. So Rob Plaskis, guys, my fight for recovery. Uh, you ready? Yes, <laughs> you ready? Uh, absolutely. So coming up next, we're going to be talking to my wife, Deborah Anthony. She also wrote a, she's, My wife is actually a three-time author. Um, and Roger, you're going to have to ask questions. And so if you have questions, too, you can also, you guys can chime in anytime okay. you want. All right, we'll, we'll, uh, uh, we'll loosen up and do that. Please do. Yeah. I mean, that, I that, that last story was just so incredible. Though. Yeah, I don't have any whiskey. It's a so. great one to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, guess what? You're listening to Black and White on AM560 The Answer live. Call us. You want to know what's on your mind? 312-642-5600. 312-642-5600. If you missed any of our shows, go to 560theanswer.com and check out all of our past episodes. While you're at it, like the Black and White Facebook page and interact with us all week long. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Uh, just got a little emotional in here in this studio, so <laughs> bear with me. I'm trying to compose myself. Um, um, Rob Plask is, is, is somebody who really, really inspires. And I, one of the reasons why I wanted to have him on, because I really think his story uh, needs to be, be talked about. And it was, um, it was very, very inspiring, and it, it kind of reminded me of, of my own fight uh, of never giving up. And Rob just never give up, gave up, and that's what we were talking about um, during the break uh, with my guest co-host today, Roger Eddy. Author of the book, A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rod Blagojevich, which we re- I promise you we're going to really tackle in the second hour. This I, I really wanted to do something really soft this week. Um, I got an announcement. I, I won't be back until July 18th. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> but it's my wife's birthday and our anniversary, our 20 year anniversary. So I, I, I you know, I got to get out of here or, or else I'll, I'll have to find somewhere to. Uh, Roger, I'll have to come down there and live with you. Well, you're a young man. I just uh, we just celebrated our 40th. So. Oh wow! Speaking of my wife, um, as those of you know, my wife is a three-time author. She's written the book "Fully Surrendered," colorful, and her latest book, "Beyond the Limits: A Journey to True Passion." Deborah, Christina, Anthony, welcome to Black. Welcome back to Black and Right, I should say. I'm glad to be here. Hey, and 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 you brought you you brought somebody to come along with you, our good friend. Uh, Kim McClintock. McClinton. Sorry. Don't don't beat me, Kim. I get it wrong all the time, Donna. 
you do. Oh, but it will. Come on. I, I was just, we were just, I was just in here crying, right, Roger? You were. <laughs> you were. So, Deborah, let's talk about, let's talk about your book first. Um, your latest book, Beyond the Limits. Why did you write this book? What was the inspiration behind it? Well, the inspiration for, ha- uh, for writing Beyond the Limits was 11 years ago. I got fired from my corporate job. And I share in my book about passion that causes you to be blind. And so I, I would have to say that who wants to get fired um, on their career job? And I never saw it coming. And so in this book, I take um, readers on a journey of how your passion can sometimes cause you to be blinded and you don't see some things. And so um, this book really is a book to leaders and people that are so passionate and driven that they sometimes can become blinded by their passion. And so this book takes you on a journey of my personal journey. And so that way you'll be able to see not only my passion, but as I, as I journey through trying finding my truest passion, which is in my family. Oh, wow. Well, you know, you know, I have I have um, experience with losing a job. You know that. Um, <laughs> so 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 Rogers just writ, writ, wrote his first book, A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rob Blagojevich. Uh, you got any tips for him of, of how to get this book out? Um, I would have to say uh, follow your truest passion. Um, no, but um, I definitely would say engaging multiple audience and finding groups of people to share the book with and um, finding making smaller groups on Facebook for people to kind of have some discussion about the book. So definitely um, I'd have to check out your latest book. Well, I have it. Well, yeah, you know what, uh, Deborah, I appreciate that, and uh, I wish I uh, would have had your counsel as I was uh, uh, putting the book together. Uh, you know better than I, uh, having done three books, uh, there, are, there are times that you really just uh, kind of look for direction, and you, you tell a story or, or you uh, present a set of facts, and th- then, you know, to, to move on, sometimes it, you know, get a little block, or I did. I, I got a little block, a mental block, and, uh, you know, I could have used your uh, uh, counsel during one of my mental blocks to, to get me over uh, one, of those, uh, one of those times. Yeah, we call it writer's block, and I, I actually coach authors, um, people trying to finish projects, so maybe we can work on your next project Uh-oh. together. Um. <laughs> the word next right now is like, uh, you know, I... Then I, I, there may be, who knows, who knows, but uh, that's great uh, because I, I, I have found, and, and you probably coaching authors uh, know this very well, there's a lot of people that have a story to tell. And um, having someone there to help them organize the story and actually go through all of the steps necessary to, to secure a publisher and even the, the work of getting an ISBN number and, you know, details – uh, can be a little overwhelming. So to have someone you, like you around, uh, that would have been terrific. Absolutely. Wow. Hopefully we can get John's book out very soon. Uh, I, well, I, I did put out that I need a place to go in um, some place secluded because, you know, the six kids make it kind of hard. To, to, <laughs> as you know, Deborah, <laughs> the six kids make it very hard to write a book, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so Deborah, um, when we come back from break, I want to go more into the book. And then we want to, we're going to bring Kim in to talk about Ernest Ease, and then we'll finish it up with uh, My Bill Angel, uh, a new venture that, um, that's being completed with Deborah Anthony and Kim McClinton. My tongue is tight. McClinton. I got it right, Kim? 
<laughs> you got it right. <laughs> so when we come back from break, though, that's what we'll discuss. Um, um, we, we're joined in studio by Roger Eddy, the author of A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rob Blagojevich. If you're just joining us, uh, we're talking with Deborah Anthony, author of the book Fully Surrendered, Colorful, and the third and final one. Well, I can't say final one, right, Deborah? Beyond the Limits. Not, not, not at all. Beyond the Limits. Hey, you listen listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back. Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. I can sing today. Duh. No singing. My wife's on the line, right? Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Uh, joining me live in studio is my guest co-host, Roger Eddy, the author of A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rod Bogoyevich. Welcome. Thank uh, you. Great to be here, John. Yes. You, you, you. You know, the tips about getting those books out there. I told them, you know, you should probably do a virtual launch. You know, you just never know. Do a virtual launch, do a PayPal thing there, and, and get as many people to an Amazon link, and just get as many people as you can to just go there and buy the book all at one time. I think that, you know, there's a couple of different things. One is getting it done, and the other is learning the other parts of the business and marketing and that type of thing. So uh-huh. it's really nice that uh, Deborah is available for folks for that kind of a coaching. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah, she is. So, Speaking of, my beautiful wife, Deborah Anthony, has joined us this week to discuss her, her latest book, Beyond the Limits. So, Deborah, Beyond the Limits, how did you come up with that title? Well, um, thank you for having me today. I'm glad to be here. Um, Beyond the Limits is um, the, the title came from when sometimes we think go beyond the limits and people are rallying to go as far as you can go. But what I have found is um, through my own experiences that sometimes uh, you don't have the proper boundaries and you go beyond the limits and you you don't see the things you you need to see um, to operate from a high place of character, integrity, and accountability. And so those are some of the things I cover um, as you're when you're a person that is in leadership. There's just some key elements that are very important as you navigate in leadership that should be very present. And yeah. so um, those are some of the things that I share about in the book about beyond the limits. Yeah. And Kim McClinton, you, you've joined the show as well. Um, you created a business called Earnest Ease. Um, what is Earnest? Um, are you outside, Kim? I'm actually in the car. Okay, okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. There's, a, there's some background noise that I hear um, coming from. It sounds like oh. a, a car's window or door is open. No, it actually isn't. Okay. I'm so, going over. So, yeah. Talk to us. What is Earnest Ease? So Earnest Ease is a company that um, secures the earnest money for real estate transaction deals. We um, are finding out that there are a lot of mortgage brokers, I'm sorry, not mortgage brokers, real estate brokers, attorneys, and then landlords who really have trouble with this money that is actually securing a contract or securing a lease. And unfortunately, they don't know what to do with it. Um, and a lot of times it get, gets lost, causing the real estate contracts to go into default. Oh. Um, and so we're launching Earnest Ease to secure this earnest money. We'll get it to the closing um, that morning of, um, and just trying to work with making this a smoother process, protecting the um, seller of the property in essence. All right. 
Now, is, is there a place where people can go and learn more about Ernest Eads? Sure. They can go to our website at www.ernestease.com. And this was created for who? What, what, what type, what clientele are you looking to draw with this? Really looking for the mortgage broker, mortgage broker, or um, the managing real estate broker um, or real estate attorneys, um, as well as the landlords. The reality is that they have the onus of collecting this money to secure the contracts for people that are selling their properties. And a lot of times, like I said before, the money is getting lost. And so these are the, they don't want to handle the responsibility because the state of Illinois has a lot of requirements. It leaves their books open to audit at any time, or they're looked at as um, commingling the funds, meaning they may deposit their earnest money into a bank account quickly and say, I'm going to transfer it. They forget to transfer it, end up spending the money, um, and then there's no money for closing um, for the a buyer, and so it causes trouble um, with the whole transaction. And so we're trying to secure this thing um, and make it easier for the managing um, brokers as well as the attorneys so they don't have to go to the title companies who charge absorbent fees right. to handle the earnest money. Okay. Now, thank you so much. And now the last and final, um, you come up with a business, and I should, I should let the people know that I'm part of this as the new company called My Bill Angel. What is My Bill Angel, Deborah? So My Bill Angel is a online platform that allows people that are in need to get their needs met, people that are experiencing a hardship. And we have six categories, um, mortgages, um, utilities, medical, um, education, funeral. And um, the, the, this is an opportunity. I really want to slow down just to say that our, our passion behind My Bill Angel comes from our own personal story where we've been challenged and had a lot of issues, uh, whether it was loss of job or change of career, and we fell on hard times. And so this was birthed out of the heart of when people are looking in hardship, they need an angel. And so My Bill Angel is is an opportunity where people can post their bills, and we really um, provide an opportunity for people to change people's lives through giving. So become an angel is essentially what we're, we're inviting people to become an angel. And this is a place where people's needs are posted and they're verified um, on the site. And we, we, we verify the need and we also pay direct to vendor. So it's really exciting um, because our passion is to really change people's lives through giving. Wow. Kim, you got 30 seconds. Do you have anything? I think it's a, a great opportunity to really help um, those who are desperately in need. Yet, um, you know, people that give, they want to make sure that those monies are going to impact their lives. And so what greater way to verify and then pay off than doing it through my bill angel. Okay. Hey, hey hold Thanks the line. Hold, hold, no, hold the line. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend the first minute and a half getting information as far as where people can reach you and go and find my bill angel. So hold the line. When we come back from break, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We're talking with Deborah Anthony and Kim McClinton about my bill angel. We'll be right back. It's the show. The mainstream media doesn't want you to know about it's black and right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, joined in studio by my good friend, 
and author of the book A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rod Blagojevich. Roger Eddy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, having you. Fun? Are you having fun? I'm having a great time. Are you, are, are, are you, I, I feel like I'm slow dragging a little bit today because my mind is set. I, I know that after today I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks. So I think, I think my mind is, phys- is physically out there on vacation now. Well, I, there's no way I could tell. I think you're, <laughs> you're doing great, John. Well, thank you. So before the break, we were talking with Kim, Kim McClinton and Deborah Anthony about My Bill Angel. Uh, Deborah, um, My Bill Angel. Where can people find it? Is there a website, Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram? Yes, you can find us at www.mybillangel.com, and all of the handles are mybillangel. Um, definitely, we're looking for people to really uh, that want to become an angel. Um, we definitely have needs there that people um, have have posted and shared, and they've been verified. So, if you are someone that wants to change someone's life through giving, check out our website at mybillangel.com. Now, Deborah, now what if what if somebody sees a bill and say they say to themselves, "Well, I." Don't want to. I don't know if I can want to pay the whole bill. Is there another angle, another process that they can follow? Absolutely. So we do have my Bill Angel charity, and we'll definitely post um, and share our um, charitable link with you on your uh, black and white page. And so okay. people that just have a little to give and want to contribute and change someone's life, definitely be welcome that as well. All right. Thank you. Deborah and Clem McClinton, thank you so much for joining Black and Right today. Uh, I thought that was uh, mybillangel.com, earnestease.com, and go out and get Deborah's books wherever books are sold. Um, she has some very good books. Uh, I, gotta, I'm, I might be biased because she's my wife. <laughs> it, you feels, better be. it feels really weird interviewing your own wife, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> so. Um, all right, um, I'm going to go out. I'll probably go out with Roger after the show, so I won't be home. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, thanks so much for joining us, guys. All right, thanks for All having right, us. No problem. All right, so now we get to talk about what I love talking about, politics. All right, Roger. Front row seat, we got two minutes for this segment. Why now, this book? Well, a lot of reasons. Uh, I, I had the opportunity. I've had the time. I retired a couple of years ago. I was able to uh, put together in uh, some fashion the notes I had about the impeachment, uh, my time in office, some of the elections. And then I had folks that uh, encouraged me, including uh, my friend Jack Morris, who, while we were discussing uh, the pending Trump impeachment, uh, told stories. He asked me about the Blagojevich impeachment, and, and we shared some stories. And, and he said, you know, you ought to write a book. And uh, I, I said, uh, just like when they, they said you should run for state rep, I, yeah. you know, nah, I, don't, I don't write books. I don't. But uh, the more he said that, uh, he was sincere. And, and so I decided that was the time. Yeah. The Trump impeachment was taking place. Folks were confused about Illinois impeachment as it compares. Were to, you on judiciary? Were you on the judiciary? No, I was committee? not. Okay. But I was on the special investigative committee okay. that was named to investigate cause to recommend to the full house. Right. Uh, and that committee was the one that did recommend unanimously, which by the way, is one example of how this was not like the Trump impeachment, right. uh, unanimously to the house that Rod Blagojevich be impeached. And then of course in the house, uh, there was one vote that did not support impeachment. And that was Debbie Mel who happened oh, to be a yeah, sister-in-law. Yeah, yeah. And, and all those stories are in the book. A front row seat comes from the title comes from the fact that I sat in the front row of the Special Investigative Committee. And there's a great sketch uh, by William Crook Jr. of Springfield that I include in the book 
that shows uh, Roland Burris being interviewed uh, by the impeachment committee. He was providing testimony, and there I was in the front row. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you sit there and think, how in the world did a guy who was a small-town superintendent in southeastern Illinois get in the front row of an wow. impeachment committee? There you have it, Roger Eddy, author of A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rob Blagojevich. The first hour is over, but now the second hour. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty of this book because I, you know, I, I got my copy. For those who are looking on the Facebook feed live, I have my copy, and it's signed. Ha, 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 Listening to Black and White on AM560 Answer. We'll be at, right back for hour two. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. I got my energy, I got my coffee, and I'm in studio live with Roger Eddy, author of the book, A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rod Blagojevich. Hey, how was that first hour? It was great. It was great. It went fast. Yeah, it did. It did. So let's get right to it, right? So, so the impeachment process, you were part of it. Um, you know, I, I, I look at it, you know, you, you saw so many people when, when President Trump was going through his impeachment and those who were here in Illinois, they were trying to compare the two, parallel the two. You were there in Springfield. What, what, was the dif- what, are, what were the differences and what, was, what, was, what were some of the things that you saw that were the same? Well, both both of the impeachments are really kind of constitutionally grounded. And, you know, the uh, United States Constitution has a standard that is high crimes and misdemeanors. The Illinois Constitution simply uses the word cause for impeachment. And the Illinois House has the responsibility to determine what cause means. And it certainly should be some high bar, yeah. uh, no question about it. But that was left up to the committee to determine what cause was. Uh and, what was that cause for Blagojevich? Well, I mean, there were multiple reasons. Yeah. I mean, uh, the book outlines uh, a number of uh, pieces of evidence uh, related to his uh, behavior that, uh, and another chain or difference that unanimously, uh, near unanimously, the House uh, committee that investigated plus the entire House agreed that his behavior was such that it created a cause for him to be uh, impeached uh-huh. first, and then, of course, the Senate unanimously removed him from office. So, you know, the process is outlined. And, and of course, there's a tremendous amount of power given to, uh, in Illinois, as you know, the speaker. Uh, I talk about the rule of 60 in here, but it's really kind of the rule of one most yeah, of the time. True. Because uh, many, many times all the committees are, are, are kind of uh, uh, speaker-led, speaker-named. And the Special Investigative Committee had a majority, a clear majority, uh, of Democrat appointments. And, uh, those folks by that time, way too late. Self-appointed, right? Well, they, yeah. well the, the speaker appointed them, and yeah. they serve at the pleasure of the speaker. Right. Uh, interesting in, in our case that uh, we wanted to, uh, Republican side wanted to hear from certain witnesses. Uh, and, uh, oh, sounds similar. Yeah, well, the speaker uh, had veto power over uh, subpoenas. Uh, even though uh, the committee, even if it did vote unanimously, which we know would never happen because uh, the, the speaker's folks on the committee would never vote to subpoena a witness, even if he did, uh, if, if we did, the speaker had subpoena uh, veto power. Mm. And we wanted to hear from a number of people uh, that we did not get to hear from because 
you know, Fitzgerald, who was running the case, and by the way, that connection we're going to talk about later yeah. to uh, Comey, Fitzgerald, and Mueller, which uh, is pretty strong, goes back to 03. And which, President Trump brought that up, too. Well, he did. And yeah. I, I think that helped Rod Blagojevich in the end to have his uh, sentence commuted yeah. because he saw those similarities. And it's very, very intriguing to me to, to, to see that. But, but we wanted to talk to some folks, and Fitzgerald basically said, no, 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 no. The federal case against Blagojevich could be damaged if you talk to some of those people. And we had pretty much agreed as a committee. In fact, no one wanted to damage or get involved in the federal case. And those are two different things, right? The impeachment is not a trial for uh, prison. And that's what Rod Blagojevich was facing. It's a political. It's basically a political, right? It it really is. uh, But it's also a responsibility. Uh, And in the case of uh, Rod Blagojevich, unlike the case against Donald Trump, the evidence was uh, overwhelming. Right. I mean, the number of, of, of behaviors, and, and they're all in the book, and, and they're cited. Are, are you at liberty to say who were some of those, those witnesses you were trying to well, yeah, It's actually, there, there are exhibits. Uh, we wanted to talk to Jesse Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. We wanted to talk to Valerie Jarrett. Uh, we oh. wanted to talk to folks that in the media at the time were identified as... As some of those folks. Well, he was a little uh, far from reach, but Rahm Emanuel mm. uh, was by that time uh, serving uh, as his uh, kind of director of, uh, for the interim time when, when he was president-elect. So right. we wanted to talk to a number of people, and we were basically, we, we, we sent a list, and the list is in the book of uh, the folks we sent to Fitzgerald, and he said no. Wow. Uh, this could, and, and, and clearly... Uh, we needed to hear from some of those people. And, in fact, Ed Jensen, who was uh, Blagojevich's lawyer, wanted some of those folks I'm to sure. testify to, to, as to the accuracy of, of some of the statements made uh, in the media against the governor. Yeah. And, you know, Jesse Jackson Jr. actually had a press conference to clear his name uh, yeah, I remember. because I we couldn't, we couldn't uh, interview him. Yeah. So that, that is peculiar to me. Could it have been done in secret anywhere in, in, in the Capitol somewhere? The well, interview? it could, but uh, again, you know, uh, f- that committee was in the open, and uh, to me, the people we interviewed were providing us with evidence that was going to be used for, the, for the, the, the impeachment for the first time in the history of the state of Illinois wow. to impeach a governor. So this was the first impeachment ever in Illinois? And the, and, well, it's, it, there was a judge that judge. was uh, well, as far impeached, as governor. the first governor in the history. So uh, we, we felt that uh, th- some of those folks uh, should have been talked to. Now, uh, we weren't allowed to, and uh, the Barbara Flynn Curry, who, by the way, I I have a lot of admiration for. Barbara Curry is one of the brightest. Uh, I folks, still talk I to her to this yeah, day. I, I, I've ever met, but uh, she was the uh, chairperson of the committee. Jim Durkin, who is mm-hmm. the, the current House uh, minority. minority Leader, was our minority spokesperson mm-hmm. on that committee, and there were several times during the uh, the uh, committee hearings where Jim really was adamant about the fact that what it, why can't we talk to this person? Uh, how is that going to damage the case? But, again, there's a lot of dynamics at work here uh, related to the fact that, uh, uh, you know, um, Fitzgerald was involved uh, at the time, uh, and we'll talk about this later, uh, Comey was involved, uh, and Mueller was the director uh, in 03, 04, 05, and through that time <sighs> period. Uh, of the FBI, the so. axis of the FBI. <laughs> I can't, you can't. I don't want to call them axis of evil, but those, well, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I don't know that people see that connection. As you mentioned, uh, I think President Trump uh, was aware of that and uh, kind of wondered what's going on. And, and then later, 
uh, even Page and Strzok use uh, Fitzgerald's name in some emails that have been yeah. released. So you just, you know, all of this uh, makes, it's intriguing. Yeah. Uh, what was the process like, though? I mean, here, here you, here, I mean, this is probably what the biggest thing that's ever happened to you in your life when it comes to politics. What was that process like, though? What were some of those things that, you know, people like myself, I don't know, Jack, you probably know Jack, <laughs> but what were some of those things that we didn't get to see behind the scenes? Well, we, we saw a lot of uh, wiretap information. We saw a lot of uh, information. oh well, yeah, well, and, and things we really couldn't talk about. We yeah. weren't really allowed to talk about at the time. Uh, you know, um, the affidavits uh, were public at that time. Uh, we, we also got to talk to uh, directors of departments who were involved uh, in some of uh, uh, Governor Blagojevich's attempts to implement programs without legislative approval, the time he went around JCAR. Uh, in order to implement the expansion of... And these were the things that started the actual impeachment. Well, I I think the actual impeachment didn't start until he had handcuffs on him. I mean, honestly, uh, it should have started. Congressman Mike Boston and I stood up in 06 during a summer session and and asked for the proceedings to begin. And, uh, you know, we were kind of shouted down as being political at the time. And quite frankly... um, you know, I, I understand in the middle of an election uh, how, how people might say that, but, but we were sincere. Uh, the evidence that was uh, used in the actual impeachment committee dated back to 03, 04, and 05. Whoa. This stuff didn't just happen in 08 and 09. Wow. And that's why you begin to wonder why uh, did it take that long? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some of the folks that were involved. It, impl- 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 implicated too many people. Could that be the, one of the reasons? Well, there's a lot of reasons, I think. Uh, look, uh, we had a, a rising uh, star in the Senate who wanted to be president. and uh, That's what I'm getting to. Well, there's no reason to damage the brand right. uh, of the Democratic Party when, when you've moved the primary Correct. Uh, date, which yeah. the speaker was... was, was so all famous. of that was connected? Well, I, I don't... You know, look, it, there's just an awful lot of things here that were happening at the same time, and some of these same names are coming up over and over and, and, you know, you turn on the television now and, and you, you see the Lindsey Graham trying to call witnesses. Mm-hmm. And why are the names the same? And, you know, yeah. it's very intriguing. And sounds like a swamp. Well, it, so, it sounds like something that uh, really, really good investigative reporters yeah. could, could look into. If we had those. Well, and, and, and yeah, I, 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 just, uh, I just know that that's part of the reason I wrote the book was to to put those connections together, and, and to make sure people understand that um, this may be something more than just the impeachment. And, of course, that's what Rod Blagojevich says to this day, that, yeah. you know, that, that they, they were coming after him. Right. He didn't do anything. Right. He right. says both of those things. Right. Uh, and I think the book outlines his behavior to a point that everyone would agree that but he probably did some things. I also think if he, if he did say, you know what, this is what I did, you know, which he does do in some regards. This is what I did, but this is what's been do- done in Illinois all along. You know, some of the horse training and stuff. That's true, but I think uh, it, it, it's a different extreme. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, you're listening to Roger Eddy, author of the book, A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rob Blagojevich. Coming up next, we talk to Jed Davis about pushing back against Pritzker. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. No, 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 no
live in studio with my guest co-host today, Roger Eddy, author of the book, A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rob Bogoyevich. Uh That was some good radio. I, some of the stuff you said, I had no idea um, that it transpired, um, that it went down like that. So that was, that was, you guys got to go out and get this book. Go to Amazon.com, Barnes and Nobles, wherever books are sold, a front row seat, the impeachment of Rob Blagojevich. Um, I want to, I want to kind of pivot and I'm, I'm Roger, I really want your, your, um, input on this next guest who's joining us. Um, he's Jed Davis. He's the president of Parkview Christian Academy. Um, he recently came out with his attorney, Thomas DeVore, friend of the show, uh, to talk about, um, why he's not going to be following the recommendations that the IDPH and ISPE put out for schools starting in the fall. Jet Davis, welcome to Black and Right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, you know what? First of all, I want to first say thank you for your courage. I know a lot of people, I've, I've been reading a lot of the comments um, on, on all of the, our local papers. As you know, I live in Kendall County, and I've been reading some of those comments, and I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Um, I, I, I'm, I may now have to save up my pennies to send my, my daughter over to, to Parkview because for you to do something like this, that's, that I personally believe is courageous. So, so what, so what happened? I mean, uh, what made you, you buck against this system that the recommendations, I should say, that the governor put out? Yeah, it's a, a, a great question. So we, uh, as a school knew we weren't going to return in the fall with a mandatory face covering requirement. In the same breath, we also know that the state issued a 63-page document earlier this week using the words, uh, face coverings must be worn. Uh-huh. So we're, we're really at a crossroads. There, we're not looking to do anything in secret. Um, so we wanted to be really upfront, ethical, and honest as a school community, uh, both to our school families, to the local you know, governing bodies here, and really to the state entities. So... Issuing that letter was really that that way of doing that, just to kind of go on notice of our intent um, across the board for all to see. Wow. Has has, uh, Dr. Tokar reached out to you from the Kendall County um, Health Board? No, not not today. Um, I know our letter just went out Friday, so it's kind of a a new thing, but not not currently. How did you connect? How did you hook up with uh, Attorney Thomas DeVore? You know, he's a friend of this show. He's called in here many a times. Uh, I saw that he made a Facebook post uh, a couple of days ago saying that if there's any school district that bucks this, I will represent you for free. Is that it, it was, did someone from the from the school see that post? Uh, kind of. We um, it's weird how God just kind of connects all the dots. So we've been reaching out to just a lot of different uh, respected individuals, both in the legal world and fellow school administrators. Just trying to figure out what the best course of action is, and kind of through a chain to another chain, led us to uh, Tom's doorstep, and a few phone calls later, kind of led us to where where we are today. Yeah, and and and, and it, one of the things that I saw in the comments, it was just just heartwarming to see just so many parents, and and you actually reached out because uh, you know a lot of the the, the, the uh, comments basically made this appear as if you just made this decision by yourself. You actually reached out to parents and talked to staff members, correct? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, it wasn't just in, you just making this decision all on your own. No, no, not by any means. And we're not, you know, we're not even saying that you can't wear a mask to school. We're just saying we're returning to school without the use of face coverings. 
Yeah, Jed, hey, this is Roger Eddy. Uh, actually, I grew up in Newark, Illinois, so I know exactly where you're at uh, in the world. Well, that is so. crazy. That's where I live. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, hey, uh, look, I was the uh, executive director of the School Board Association in Illinois for several years, and I am a huge local control advocate. And uh, I, I, I really appreciate your point that you're not telling uh, those folks that they can't because, you know, that's going to be an individual-type uh, uh, choice, a comfort-type choice. But but you're also saying that uh, this state agency really uh, can't care more about your kids than you do. Right. And, and you're the ones that will make those decisions based on what you think is best for your local community. Yeah, without question. We've, if you look at our counterparts, uh, whether it's a Yorkville Public High School or another school across the street, um, for a fraction of their size, so kind of for the state to imply this, one-size-fits-all mentality, it doesn't really work on the practical day-to-day reality of our, our world. We have great leverage from a classroom size, size perspective, great leverage from a square footage perspective. So we would just ask the state, um, we know our day-to-day world, allow us to leverage those strengths um, to provide that safe environment for our students to return this fall. That's great. And, and as, a, as a person who was a school superintendent, during the time I was also a state representative, I served on the education committees and I can't tell you the number of times we, we worked hard to stop mandates, the one-size-fits-all uh, that you just described, because, quite frankly, uh, it's not the case. And I never really had a problem with uh, people in certain communities that were different than the rural community or even the city of Chicago doing something that was uh, good for them. That, that, that's their decision. What bothered me often was when there was a, you know, the school code is, is split up and Chicago has its own chapter of the school code. And oftentimes Chicago was exempted from the mandate. Everything. That was, yeah, that was going to be uh, thrusted upon the rest of the state. And I often uh, invited them uh, to join us uh, in the mandate if they thought it was such a good idea. And, of course, they always declined. <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a real issue for Illinois schools. Yeah, absolutely. One we've been wrestling with since day one of the pandemic, so it's uh, we're we're well aware and, and agree completely with you. Hey, hey, Jet. Now, what is the the enforcement mechanism? Because I, I do believe ISPE said that the decisions were in the hands of the local school. Uh, correct. So, what what enforcement mechanism would uh, would the state have in place, or Illinois Department of Health have in place to enforce this? And what would be the punishment? Yeah, I- from what we've, you know, we've obviously been in, in great talks with our attorney, Tom, and we do not believe there are any enforcement mechanisms for the state to require our students, um, whether you're a public or private school, right. to uh, come back in, in like a face covering situation. So to my knowledge and our stance would be there are really no enforcement mechanisms in place for the state to uh, follow these mandates through. And I, I, uh, Jed, I read the letter that uh, Tom sent to the State Board of Education and and it, uh, it points out the fact that while the state uh, really pretty much calls this guidance and, and indicates that there's not going to be any enforcement, there is a contradiction when you, you see the word must right. uh, in the same communications. And, and of course, I, I've always uh, marveled, uh, <laughs> long marveled at the ability of bureaucracies. And, and I have a lot of friends at the State Board of Education, but they can turn a simple con- concept into a 63-page book real quick. <laughs> Yeah. You educators. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Many years ago, they started a, a, a teacher professional development program, and it was a, 
a 74-page prog- uh, book of forms. Yeah. And there was even a form in the book to order more forms. <laughs> I was on the teacher retention. Uh, but, but Jet, what, what, do you have a plan in place in case COVID spikes at your school? If, uh, what's the plan? What's the process in place in case, just, in, you know, just in case something happens? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're not suggesting COVID is not a real thing. We're not suggesting there shouldn't be safety protocols. We have some of the most amazing staff. I would put them up against any other. I know some of them, and they are awesome. Yeah, they are great. So they, we've got a great task force form that are working through all those what-if scenarios right now, and even what does life look like when we, when we return um, from that regard. That will be formally approved by the board here in the coming weeks, and, and we'll obviously publish that on our website for anyone to view. But we are taking um, precautions to return to school safely um, so that our families can kind of resume back to life as, as normal as much as possible. Yeah. So, Jet, I mean, just really quickly, you got 30 seconds. Uh, are you worried about any lawsuits from families who may disagree with the policy? Uh, no. No, we're not. Okay. Um, We've, we've got good support from our constituency. That's awesome. So, Jed Davis, um, where can people find the school? Where's the, where's, where, do you have a website, Facebook page? Because I may have to start, I may have to save up some pennies and send my daughters, because my daughter has asthma, and there's no way she can yeah. wear a mask. There's no way she can physically wear a mask um, with the, under, her, under her asthmatic conditions. Do you have a website, Facebook page? Yeah, we have both. Um, we can be found online at pcafalcons.com. Um, we're obviously in Yorkville, Illinois. We're pre-K through 12th grade, uh, fully accredited, and uh, have great opportunities for families to participate. Jed Davis, president of Parkview Christian Academy. Go Falcons. Thanks so much for joining Black and Right. Thank you. Great interview. Wow. See, Roger, I, I needed you for I needed you today just for that one segment. If no other segment, I needed you for that segment, Roger. Well, you can't do it for 30-some years and not uh, understand what the most important thing is, and that is local folks taking care of their children. Yeah. Uh, when we come back from break, we continue the book discussion. A front row seat, the impeachment of Rod McGlavich. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, joined live in studio by the author of A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rod Blagojevich, Roger Eddy. You having fun yet? Absolutely. Hey, I, I love, this, I love this, 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 this moniker you have here, The Cards I Was Dealt and lessons learned. How did you come up with that? Why, and why is that important? Why is that a por- an important part of the book? Well, the cards you're dealt in the minority, uh, as you know, uh, <laughs> yes, the, I do. the rule of 60, uh, and the lessons I learned was even though you, you're in the minority, in the super minority, there are ways to work uh, and, and to get yeah. things done. And I outline a number of ways in the book where I was able to take uh, uh, something important to, to my constituency. Uh, in Paris, Illinois, they had a work camp closed and they were concerned about what was going to happen to that facility. So we worked uh, to get that facility transferred to the city of Paris so they could use it as a vocational center for a new high school yeah. they built. At the time, that was the intention, adult education, which I thought was cool. You have a, you have a former work camp mm-hmm. that was going to be an education center, right? Yeah. Uh, in Robinson, Illinois, we were able to save an airport. I, I really believe. Uh, My father's the, the hometown. Airport. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's the point, you know, the lessons I learned. And you learn them over time. I mean, the first couple, three years uh, – 
are difficult because you're learning those things. Uh, Jack Morris said the first thing you do when you get there is read the rule book because not very many people do. And if you know the rules, uh, you can maybe effectuate. And and I learned the rules, and I also tried to develop some relationships with folks so that uh, I could get some support from some uh, for some ideas that I have. So yeah, that's that's where the subtitle comes from. Uh, The cards I was dealt and. Uh, the lessons I learned. You know who the two people that I, that that really took me under their wing and, and and taught me about those rules? They weren't Republicans. Frank Montino and Lou Lang. Uh, I learned I learned a lot about the process and how Springfield actually works, not the perception of how Springfield works, but actually the the, the actuality of how. It well, works. I was a government teacher, a civics teacher, uh, before I became a coach. Well, when I was a coach, before I became a high school principal. And I taught the probably the schoolhouse rock version of how a bill becomes a law. And if I have the opportunity now <laughs> to talk to young people about how a bill becomes a law, I give them a little different version. And you and I both know what that version is. And, yes. and quite honestly, it's something that needs to be cleaned up dr- desperately in Illinois. We, we, we have way too many bills passed uh, without any sunshine, without any uh, deliberation. Yeah. Shell bills, uh, oh, yeah. budget bills, uh, you know. Uh, so so there's, there's, there's too much uh, of that that goes on. And... We need to educate people, and hopefully the book does that. Yeah. I, I walk through that process and how people uh, need to be aware of the way things are happening in their state government. So you, in Chapter 10, you talk about um, reading people's faces. What, do, do tell. Expound more on that. Well, look, the book, uh, the chapters have some uh, uh, card uh, references, right? And when you're playing cards, you've got to read people's faces. And, and sometimes you're not going to be told something, but you're going to figure it out, uh, either on the House floor, in a committee hearing, uh, and there's more to the story type thing. So you've got to learn to read people's faces, and you've and you got to learn to understand what the other meaning of what they're telling you is. And you know that. Yes, I, mean, I do. That, that, that's a big part of being there. And... Uh, so that's that's what that's about. How how I evolved uh, as a legislator during the ten years I was there, nine plus years that I was there, and, and how uh, I was able to pass over fifty uh, pieces of legislation wow. in, in the minority. Wow! And, and you had to read people's faces to do that. And guys like Lou Lang, and yeah. of course I had Bill Black, yeah, uh, who helped me out. Dave Winter sat next to me. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Dan Brady, who's still there. I sat by Jim Durkin for a couple of years. Yeah. So see, Dennis Revelletti was my guy. Dennis uh-huh. Revelletti was the one that, that, that took me around, showed me all the ropes, introduced me to the people. And I think that was in my first couple of months. That's what people saw that I, w- I wasn't. I, I didn't like to get up and talk on the floor. I, I preferred to be in, uh, at the table um, negotiating, you know, what was in the bill. The very, the very first day, Chad Hayes didn't. Uh, he wasn't uh, shy about getting up on the floor. And I was supposed to be watching him. And all of a sudden I see his speak light out. And I think, what are you doing? You're, you're, he said, well, I think I know something about that. You know, you know Chad was a healthcare. He, he yeah. understood the healthcare industry. Yeah. And there was a bill about healthcare. I said, Chad, for Pete's sake, whatever you do, all right, what you sound, just say that. He's told this story, too. Yeah, has he? Hey, yeah. Just say that and then sit down, yep. please. Don't yep. say anything that oh. I'm going to be in trouble for because oh. I'm supposed to be watching you. Yes. Yeah, I, I did that to Mike Boss, Congressman Boss. I um, talked about the bill on uh, police, um, the police um, uh, bill what, that uh, Monique Davis, Representative Monique Davis, yes. was doing, and I knew about the bill. The first time I got up and said something, it was good. It was great. Yes. But then I had the nerve. Me, this guy's been yeah. only here for four months. Hold on. Be quiet. I'm not done. Oh, you heard yeah. the, you heard the cat call. Ah, what? He yeah. did he uh, what? Yeah, I learned a very valuable lesson after that. I never do that ever again. <laughs> well, you know, uh, one of the interesting stories in the book about the Blagojevich impeachment is in, in 06, uh, 
now Congressman Mike Boss and I were, I mean, we knew there was evidence dating back to 03. There was issues related to, to TRS. There were board appointments. There was a $25,000 club that was actually, by that time, identified. And Mike and I had had enough during one of the endless summer sessions that Blagojevich was calling. <laughs> and, and Mike got up first and, and said, you know what? He said, I don't say this lightly, but I think we should start talking about impeachment. I already had my light on when Mike was speaking, <laughs> and he got done, and I held up the Constitution, and I read from it. And encourage, you know, as long as we're here in Springfield and we're doing nothing, the governor was jogging in Washington Park that day. And uh, word got to the House floor that that's where he was while we were working. So I joined Mike and said, yeah, we should use this time to begin impeachment. (laughs) Oh, Congressman Boss, I love that guy dearly. Uh, Yeah, he is. (laughs) Guys, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Roger Eddy, the author of A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rob Blagojevich. We'll be right back with more discussion. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I am your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the author of A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rod Bogoyevich, Roger Eddy. Go out and get it wherever books are sold. Roger. That was some good. That was some, just some good conversation. Oh, I saw you getting into it. I, I mean, you I were was. reliving some of those moments on the House floor. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fun to recall, isn't it? I mean, what a what a humbling and awesome opportunity it is to go and represent people in the General Assembly, and we've had that uh, experience. So yeah, I, I saw you getting into it. Yeah, you know, I, I I'll never forget the moment when that it like really hit me. I'm I'm out, and I'm standing in front of the Capitol, and I just started crying because I thought about you know I, I thought back about my life. You know, a kid who was homeless, a kid that, 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 you know, had just so much stuff growing up as a kid. And I said to myself, here I am in the halls of power that not many people get to. Or what a great country, huh? It is. What a great country. Yeah. That's why America is great. That's why America is exceptional. That's right. You know? So, Roger, let's, okay. Okay. We talked about Comey. We talked about um, the whole impeachment process with Comey, Mueller, and all those in Fitzgerald. What's the nexus? What what what's the nexus between that and the Trump impeachment? Well, that's that's a great question, and and I'm not sure we know exactly what that answer is, but I think there are, are a lot of connections there that should be looked at, uh, uh, and, and maybe even Rod Blagojevich knows some of those connections. Uh, who knows? But but he's got a book coming, right? Well, I, maybe I, I don't know, but but certainly uh, you know his claim is that that some of this stuff was politically motivated and. Uh, maybe Donald Trump uh, believes some of that, um, and and that could be the reason. I I don't know. I I, I did just he get along know with Madigan. That, did he get along with Madigan? Who? Um, the Governor Blagojevich. Oh no 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 yeah. no 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 no. And that that makes it even more curious, yeah. right? Uh, Madigan knew long before we began impeachment proceedings. I mean, look, uh, those proceedings didn't take place until after. Uh, the Senate seat uh, deal was was going down, and the FBI had handcuffs on the governor in early December of uh, of 2008. I mean, we had you, it goes back to 03 and 04 and 05. Uh, you know, Greg uh, Greg Bays and Ron Gidwitz had to go all the way to the Illinois Supreme Court to stop him from implementing an expansion of health care that was supposed to be uh, supported with something called the gross receipts tax, right? Which didn't get a single mm-hmm. yes vote. In the Illinois House, even Jay Hoffman, 
who was the who was his floor leader, who was the support. Yeah, I mean, he introduced the bill, voted against it, yeah. oh. but then it didn't stop Lagoyevich. It also, you know, the flu vaccine that he purchased. Outside. What about the the, the non for profit? What happened with that non for profit? Is, is is that that's what was that the final nail? Well, that or just the the general statement that we're not just going to give this away, right? And mm-hmm. and there's a book that uh, is a reference to the rest of that quote, uh, and it's called Golden. Yeah. Uh, so. Look, I, I think that's the, the, the glitzy, sexy thing that people remember. But this started way before that, way before that. There were a number of things. Why? Why? Why wait that long? What what more is there to this story? And, and again, I think it's going to take investigative reporters who are really looking to connect these things. Uh, and Blagojevich may provide some of that because he's out there talking about Comey yeah. and Mueller uh, and, and, and uh, Fitzgerald. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Strzok and Page, uh, there's an email in, uh, that I have in my book between uh, Strzok and Page in which uh, Fitzgerald's name is mentioned as a fixer. Oh. Uh, he's just kind of called a fixer by uh, Strzok and Page. Now, I, I, I again, that, that, is, that is a public it's document. It's, it's, a public, it's a public document. And, and it's a uh, now uh, I don't know. But there's just an awful lot here that. OK, um, I'm an investigator. I'm a former cop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, if it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. <laughs> it, it does sound like there's there's a lot there. Because if, if, if I'm a cop, I'm going to follow that. I'm going to follow that. Some of those 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 investigative, you know, clues that 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 have been left out there, left out there. And if you notice, it like became a holy hush. No more talk about it after he got arrested. Well, and then. There, there was the trial, and the first trial ended with him uh, with a hung jury, basically right. one person. And then, then later he was retried. Uh, the, the charges against his brother were dropped yeah. the second time, and they mm-hmm. they just full bore focused on Rod Blagojevich. And and again, you know, he probably has a story to tell. Uh, he probably uh, has some things to say. And you know, the natural inclination of people will be to say, "Well, that's just Rod." Right. But but I think you know, uh, everybody has a story to tell. I told my story. I do. You I, have I'm story telling tell. my. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I'm interested. So, Jack, are you going to tell your story? Are you going to write a book? Well, it's just too much of a coincidence <laughs> that these uh, people show up 20 years later. Yeah. It really, uh, it, it just doesn't smell right. Yeah. It doesn't look right. I agree. Uh, you got Benghazi. Yes. Uh, you got the FBI not showing up for three weeks. Yes. Who's ever heard of that? Yeah. You know, I, you know I, I'm telling you. Look, I, first of all, I'm not going to say I'm a fan of Governor Rob Blagojevich, but I think they he was. I think people they made a an example out of him. I think the sentencing that's just just me, just based upon my my view from a, as being a police officer. I think they made an example out of him. Well, look, uh, uh, he he lost a lot. He lost yeah. a lot. His family lost a lot. His children lost a lot. I, I've I've been at the governor's mansion. He did. He signed a couple of bills at the mansion that I sponsored. And uh, my daughter, I have a, a picture of one of my daughters with uh, him, and uh, they, they know, I mean, I hate to see what, what the effect it has on his children. He yeah. paid a high, pretty heavy price. Now, there are people that think it wasn't heavy enough. There are people that think it was too heavy. Uh, I, you know, I, I just know he paid a heavy price, and I know that uh, Donald Trump, at the end of the day, saw this connection, and that, I, I believe, now, there's a difference between a commutation and a pardon. Correct. And he was not pardoned. No. Uh, That's coming, I think. Well, maybe. But that leads me to believe that, you know, maybe there is something there. But the commutation was, this was enough for what that was. Yeah. And, and I, I think President Trump didn't want to do a full-blown-out pardon because he's, he's still looking to the next election.
And he might be looking into more of the facts, too. True. That's true. Wow. Roger Eddy, author of the book, A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rob Pagovich. You were there. Yes, sir. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I am your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the author of the book, A Front Row Seat, The Impeachment of Rob Blagojevich, Roger Eddy. Roger, that's pretty much it. The show's over. That <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been great. It, it, it's gone fast. The fastest two hours in, on, uh, on Saturdays, <laughs> right go. here, Black and Right. <laughs> there you go. So, so Roger, I mean, I, mean, I want to get your final thoughts. I want you to tell the people where to go get your book. But how many, Blagojevich didn't get arrested by himself, correct? No, actually, uh, there were several folks that were involved in, in some of the uh, attempts to, for example, uh, secure campaign uh, contributions for board appointments or for uh, state government work contracts, uh, release of funds. I mean, the Children's Hospital fiasco is one of the most well-known. But no, and, and in many of those cases, Joe Carey, Stu Levine, uh, Aliata, uh, those, those folks that go back to 30405, they they testified against uh, Blagojevich, yeah. and in return, as you know, as a, a, mm-hmm. a law enforcement person, they they received uh, reduced reductions in sentences. Uh, for I don't that. like that actually. Well, there are several others that did. Yeah. So you know, look, um, I, they I'm sure uh, were heavily involved, and and uh, they were able to uh, provide Fitzgerald and the federal government with what they needed uh, to go after Rod Blagojevich and. You know, most of it's, I'm sure, corroborated evidence, you, you, you would hope. But, yeah. but again, yeah, there, there were several uh, individuals who received uh, reductions in sentences. Yeah, I noticed I make a, well, not by name, but I, I make a, an appearance in your book. <laughs> you do, you do. Uh, and, and that's something that folks will want to read about, uh, for sure. Uh, you, you are referenced. We're not, not going to tell them. We just, they just got to go yeah, out they, and they, book. You are definitely referenced in the book, my friend. Yeah. So what are your final thoughts? And why should people go out and get this book? Well, yeah, you know, I think, uh, and Jack has said this to me before, it's more like two or three books. It, it has in it, it really is. The, the process of government and how a bill becomes a law from, and you know what LRB is, the Legislative Research Bureau. Somebody brings you an idea and says, hey, representative, yes. let's do this. And it could be a lobbyist. It could mm-hmm. be a community group. It, it, it could be any number. You, you could even think yourself, hey, yeah. this should be a law. Yeah. And, and you take it there. They draft it. Uh, you get it back. You say that's not what I meant. You you you, you mark it up. Mm-hmm. You send it back to finally to a point where where you walk down uh, to the or have a staff member go down and file that bill. Yeah. First reading, right? Yeah. Perfunctory. Yes. Nobody's there. Uh-oh. Second reading. Uh, third reading where you debate the bill, and then you got to have a Senate sponsor lined yes. up. All that process is there, and it really is the, how government works yeah. and sometimes what you have to do in order to get support for a bill. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's in there. The government's in there. The history of the state of Illinois or the history of the time that uh, Blagojevich was in, facts about what really happened uh, are in the book. And I also uh, discussed my first couple of elections yeah. and how election politics work and uh, the negativity of campaigns. Yes. And uh, I think one of my phrases in there is, hey, look, uh, if you put yourself out there, you're, you're going to be uh, taken down a little bit. Haters are going to hate. They're going to hate. Uh, haters are going to hate. So, yeah, it's all of those things, I think, uh, and uh, hopefully written in a way that tells a story. And Where can people find it? Well, they can find it uh, on Amazon. Okay. Uh, Kindle version okay. is there as well. And uh, Barnes & Noble, probably those are the two most popular sites. Uh, 
And, and if they really are interested in uh, my Facebook authors page, I appreciate any likes on that. As you know, that's important. I liked and, it. And I can, <laughs> uh, I, I can work to get as many books out uh, to folks with a signature as possible, too. I'm happy, yeah. happy to do that. So, and, and it's going really, really well. I mean, uh, shockingly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, a lot of people are interested in this topic. And, do that and virtual. Roger, thanks so much for joining. I want to thank the president of uh, Parkview Christian Academy for joining us. Hey, Jim, I'm going to take your call. you got 30 seconds, Jim. Go ahead, Jim. Jim? How you doing, my friend? Hey, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing well. you got 30 Not seconds. Much. I just want to uh, give a little bit uh, notice. You know, about a week ago or so, Candace Owens made a nice video talking about this whole thing with Atlanta and all these uh, guys being victims and being celebrated. Um, and they had over 100 million views. Well, she came up with a sequel. Today. Jack Morris likes it. Oh. Like, what do blacks really want? Hold on, let me get out of here. So anyways, uh, it's a very good 15-minute video. Uh-huh. It's called essentially What a Black Want. I thought that people should look at it. Well, wonderful. Thanks so much for calling Black and Right, Jim. Thanks so much for listening. You know, hey, guys, that's going to be it for this week. I won't be back until, I believe, it's July 18th. Tune in. We got a special guest filling in for me, not the 4th of July, but the week after. You're listening to Black and Right, where it's okay.